music now. God's doing these folks are so dedicated. Be seated, please. We really appreciate their ministry so much. We're trying to carry things forward and advance things a lot and improving things in our equipment. We found out this morning we had some failures in a, a few things, and so let's order them right away and get it done. Let's don't wait. We don't want to handicap this music program any way at all. Support it every way we can. It's going to get better and better because it's getting more spiritual, more anointed. you believe it? Amen. Amen. Well, it's time for me to preach it a little bit past time for me to start, in fact, but that's not an issue this morning. I'm going to take plenty of time to do everything I need to do today. Is that okay? Uh, I promise it won't be too long. I'm going to do kind of like the old boy said when he got up to preach, you know, he, he said, you know, before I preach, I'm going to say something important. <laughs> so before I preach today, I'm going to tell you something else. This is a really good day, and, and we haven't haven't promoted it or said anything about it, but it is, it is significant. August, August is a very significant month for me. It always has been since God started dealing my life with my life many years ago. I was saved in the month of August. In fact, tomorrow is the anniversary of my salvation day. I praise God for that. And I, I got saved in a way I can never doubt it. I've never doubted it. One, one hour, one moment since that time, I never doubted that God had saved me. Doubted a lot of other things, but I never doubted that. And uh, not only is tomorrow the anniversary of my salvation day, tomorrow is the anniversary of my marriage to Carolyn Richardson. Well, I, I changed her name a long time ago. With him. And I'm going to say this to you, you know, 58 years, that's not just a little while. That's not a drop in the bucket. That's a long time. A long time. And when Carolyn says it, she says it's a long, long time. And I want to tell you, if you ever decide to pick out somebody in this church to honor as the saint of the year or the saint of the decade, you should give that Congressional Medal of Honor to her. She has lived with me for 58 years, and I will tell you, I, I have nothing but commendations for her and thankfulness to her. I'll just stop right there. <laughs> More talk. I keep talking enough you think I'm really a bad person. I'm not really all that bad, but I'm not as good as she is <laughs> right now. So anyway, that's important. I have one, one lovely daughter who was born in August, another beautiful granddaughter who was born in August. So it's a great day, great month for me and for my family, really. And here's another. I'll save this for the last. A very, very significant thing. Eight years ago, I came over to a little place on Orange, Char Orange Park on Kingsley Avenue with a leaky roof and, and as I said, two full-time secretaries and 15 people in the church. It was a challenge to walk in there. I thought I was going to be there to preach two or three Sundays because that's what I was asked to do, coming to fill in for two or three Sundays while they found a pastor. And that, my friends, was today was eight years ago. I've been here eight years as the pastor of First Assembly. Today is the beginning of my ninth year. I find that almost incomprehensible because
because when I came here for the first, I was excited about it at first, and then shortly I became, I began to doubt it, and I began to wonder if I was going to be here any longer. But God touched me and helped me. God gave me some promises that he has kept. One of the things that God said to me in those early days, when I, I just didn't see I could handle it. I couldn't deal with preaching to 15 or 20 people for the next few years. I knew that. So we had to grow, and I didn't, had no basis for growing. Even the building wasn't adequate for that. It was a big for sale sign right out in front of it. How would you like to be coming here, here every Sunday morning, next time you see a big for sale sign put up out here? But we grew with the for sale sign on Kingsley Avenue, the district refusing to take it down. I will not take that for sale sign down. I heard that. And I had a lot of people come to me and say, Pastor, we'll take it down if you want to. If you want it down, it'll be gone. I did. They, they did. I said, uh, <laughs> I could name them right. <laughs> but I said, no, we won't do that. It did happen a couple of times anyway, but I promise you I did not order it. But but it was up there almost all the time that for sale sign was up there. And then, let me just, let me just jump over to say this. God told me that he would send me the people I needed to help me. I was praying about, I can't do this, Lord. This is just too much for me. I've been retired now for 14 years. I just don't even, I'm not sure it's what I want to do anyway, but I sure don't want to have to carry the burden of this thing. And God really clearly spoke to me, I will give you people to help you. Now, I want to tell you, I can't, I can't name everybody. I, I ought not to even start naming anybody. But God did send me people to help me. That's why we've been able to do what we've done, because God sent me people that would stand up and, and fill a place and, and do a great job. We've already mentioned William and Libby, Phil Smith. I mean, I, 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 and, and I could go on. I, I really could go on. Terry Guthrie. I, I, And then, and then God sends people in the music program. It hasn't always been perfect. It hasn't always been as smooth as we want it to be. But God sent me people to do the music program. And we've had some really outstanding people leading our music. And when Rob Knudsen came here, he was here for a, several months before he was the leader of our program because Ty uh, Maroney was here. And we're, we're happy. We're happy Ty left under the good circumstances and left in the will of God and the plan of God, I do believe. And Rob just... we naturally flowed into it. He and I met shortly after that. I'll never forget. He came down, sat down in front of my desk and said, Pastor, I just want to tell you now I'm not boasting on me. He said, I just believe that God put me here for this time and this need and this situation right now. God put me here to be here for you at this time. And I said, I was ex- that's exactly what I was going to say to you. And it was what I was going to say to him. I believe God ordered that. I believe God ordained that. God puts people in the right place at the right time to carry on his work. And now look at the result of this church. This is not, this isn't just to my credit. This is to the credit of people who stepped up. And I said I shouldn't start naming people, but I just had to. And I, I have, I could go on with several other people, so please don't feel like I'm making your place less than some others because I recognize the value of every person who contributes to this work of God. So now I've been here eight years Jesus hasn't come yet in all this time. I can promise you he's not. <laughs> he may come before I stay much longer. I don't know. 
Because I know somebody's going to come up, and if you don't ask me, you'll whisper to somebody else, I wonder how long he's going to stay. Can you tell me, is he getting ready to quit or what? No, this is the decision I made, and I've said it a long time ago, and it still stands. I'm going to stay here as long as God will let me stay. That, of course, means your cooperation as well. But, by the way, we should have a vote on me sometime or other. We've never had a vote for the pastor of this church. Did you know that? Ah, we'll forget about it. No need to waste our time. (laughs) So I am happy. I've had, I've had, I don't know of any segment of eight years that I've had has been any greater time in my life than as the pastor of this church when I've seen God fulfill his work, keep his promises, and and bless us and lead us to where we are today. And I want to tell you this, my friends. I'm not looking at this anywhere type of a conclusion. I'm looking at this as just being a part of the onward journey because God is leading us forward. God is not through with us yet, and we're going to see the greatest things are yet to come. Greater things than we've ever seen before, we're going to see looking ahead. We walk with God, and we're going to see victory after victory. Because we're going to stand with God and trust Him and believe His Word and let God do all He's planned to do for us. This is a great church. It's going to be a, it's going to be a greater church and a larger church as God keeps on answering prayer right now. We appreciate so much the many folks who have joined us in recent weeks and last few months. And God's going to continue to do that. I know that He is because that's God's promise to us. Now, I have said I would preach the message this morning on my vision. I look back on the website through the through the chronicle of messages and sermons that are that are there because I knew I had, of course I've preached this message twice before in this church. The first time I preached it was in January of 2013, and the next time was in January of 2016. First, it was three years apart, and I missed my date. I didn't remember it quite correctly when I said I'd do it. This time, I thought it was three years, a little over. In fact, it's two and a half years because the last time was in January of of, uh, 2016. But I do believe the Lord laid it on my heart to share it with you again. Uh, Just an aside point, when I was looking back to find the dates of these previous times I brought this message, uh, I found that the... The, the largest number of listening, more people have listened to this sermon in the, on the Internet, on our website, where you can listen to any message from the past, current. You'll hear this one today. You go back and listen to anything from the past. More people have listened to this sermon than any other sermon that I have preached in this church in all these years. By far, more people have listened to it online. So when I saw that, I got a little kind of encouraged about the missing the date a little bit and shortening the time on us. I saw that, that encouraged me. If that many people want to go online and tell about it, I think if today you'll listen to it again online and then share it with somebody else, put in all the email addresses that you have, I don't think those people, when they listen to it, get counted. I was just counting the ones who have listened to it. I think the number calculates based on those who are directly listening to it right online on our site. But in any event, this may be something that would be good for a lot of people to hear. This is, this is the message of my vision. 
One Saturday morning, I woke up. I was, I was, so for some reason, I had got to the sofa in our family room. And had, and had uh, early, or in the night I had done that, and I had awoken. I was in the morning, early morning, and Saturday morning, I was lying on the sofa. I think maybe I had gone and dozed back off to sleep a little bit. But while I was awakening, I saw this whole panorama of visual, a visual message appear before me. And I saw myself up on a high rise. I don't know if it was a mountain top or some constructed tower. I, I was just up high looking down on a valley and then to another mountainous area to my right. And as I looked out over the valley, I saw it was, it was pleasant. It, has a, it had a pleasant appearance. A lot of greenery, a lot of beauty. And there was a large, really very large community of homes that I saw out there in front of me. And as, at the distance that I was standing, they appeared very small. I, I, I believe that they were homes because of the way they were laid out. There were streets and blocks, and it went on and on and on. It was, and it was, it was quite large. So... In interest, I started to move a little bit closer. I wanted to see if I could figure out what this is that I'm seeing. And as I started to move towards the, the city out in front of me, I saw over on the right-hand side a, 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 a large mountain. On the very top of it, there was a beautiful, beautiful building, like a palace. It was adorned in every way to think that it was a royal place. It was something exceptional. Nothing ordinary, average about it. It was just in full beauty form. And I thought I heard some sound coming from it. But I moved on down to where I thought I didn't know what that was. I didn't know what it was out in front of me at first either. Except that it just looked like a large development of homes where families lived. So I walked down there and as I got closer to it, I realized those beautiful, I thought, homes that I was seeing from higher up, as I got closer to them, they were actually tents. And they were, they were very nice-looking tents, quite large, so that they could be comfortable if somebody wanted to live in a tent. And as I walked around, I saw people just casually standing around talking. It seemed like a, maybe a good casual afternoon with, with people in the neighborhood just moving about. But I... I realized that these were the people who live here in these tents. And I, I looked around at several of them as I got close to some of them. I saw they were, they were in fact, very attractive. They had, many of them had flowers planted around them. They had little planters. They had done the yards very nicely. And they were all white. And as I looked around, I saw some of them I could see around that they had places arranged in their backyard. I'm not sure I remember specifically details. I just knew it all looked very homey. It looked very comfortable. People had settled in and made a really nice place for them to live. I thought I saw some barbecue uh, grilling equipment in the back of some of the yard, maybe even a pool and 
one looking around. So it was all set up and done very nicely. But then when you come back around and got back on the main street, which is very attractive, was straight and clear, nothing dirty or nasty or, 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 or trashy about the place at all. But when I looked at the, re- the, the residences, they were still tense. No matter how you dressed it up, no matter how you cleaned it, no matter how you made it look, no matter what in CD you put on the front door, what you put in the yard, it was still a tent. And everybody I looked at saw there, they all were living there, going in and out of them like it was their home. So they were living in tents. And I talked to a few of the people there, and when I give you these conversations, it may not match up with other conversations. I don't remember specific words that were said, but I remember the gist of the meaning of what was said. So I asked some questions of the people there. I consider to be the residents, and I think you live here. Oh, yes, yes, this is my home over here. And they pointed out proudly where they lived and tell me something. I, how long have you been here? And most of them have been a long time. They had been there long enough to establish permanent residences. And it all looked, it all looked very permanent, except for the fact that the homes were canvas and they were still tents, <laughs> no matter what they did. They were still tents. So in conversation with some of the people, I found out that most of them had been there as long-time residents. They'd been there quite some time, had grown very comfortable with it, and they liked the neighborhood. They liked the little town that they were. I never saw any business area. I'm sure there was one somewhere to sustain this community. I never saw that. I just saw the residences of places that people lived. And as they all said good things about it, they were all were happy about it. And, I, and, and so in my conversation with them, it, it went on for a while, and, and, and I, I never found one discontented person that didn't want to be there. You know, there's always, always somebody that's discontented. Whatever you are, it doesn't matter if you're in the mansion, if you're in the church, if you're in the community, there's always somebody that doesn't like something about it. I never found one yet that that wasn't the case. But I didn't find anybody said anything about this community of tents, this, this town of tents. Nobody said anything negative about it. They were all just very happy to be there. They seemed to be very appreciative of the fact of the nice homes that they had. I didn't get to go into any of them, but I'm quite sure if I had gone in one of those homes, I would have seen uh, a nice furniture. Uh, if they had served me water, I'm sure they would have done it in a nice piece of crystal. That's how nice everything was. In fact, I'm quite sure if I'd gone in, I would have seen a, I would have seen a, a huge TV in every home, in every tent home. I, I'm quite sure they all had all the niceties of everything that you could have inside there because that's what the community was about. It was for them a good place to live, and they liked it. Now, as I, I saw all of this and had some conversations about it, I still was continuing to kind of glance over and see that place up on the hill. That looked so attractive. And now I could hear the sound coming from it just a little bit better and make out what the sound was. And the sound was beautiful music that, that seemed to me to be worshiping God. I, I don't say that I identified any song that I heard, but it was beautiful music coming from up there. And it was worship music. And any time that any sound came, whether the music was like sounds of gladness and joy, happiness, as though people were praising the Lord or doing something that was really lifting them up and they were rejoicing about. So I asked some questions about that place up on the hill. And one person 
spoke to me about it. And he said, well, that place has been up there a long time, and uh, we've heard it, and we, we hear that, what you're hearing, we hear that all the time. We hear it a lot of time. I said, well, have you ever, what is it that goes on up there? He said, well, I'm not really sure. Not, and none of us really knows what it is. But we have become curious like you are, and some of us have gone up that incline to get there and check it out in the past. But when we went up there, and we had even been invited to go, when we got up there, we found that there was someone guarding the door and wouldn't let us go in. I said, well, that, that doesn't seem very hospitable. In fact, it seems strange. Somebody would invite you to come and then lock you out. Put somebody with a guard and keep you from coming in. So, are you sure that you've got the message? Like, yeah, oh, yes, yes, yes. And in fact, he said, there's a few of our residents around here that we have not been able, we don't know what's happened to them. We've misplaced them. We think, we don't know, we think that they maybe they went up there to check it out and something got them and just kept them and wouldn't let them turn them loose. They may be up there and that we don't know. But most of us, when we got up there and we found that guard up there, we just said, well, we're not wanted. We won't stay. But we just came on back. We've been here ever since. And we're okay. We're, we're okay. We've got our place here to live. We've got our comfort zone. We've, everything around us is nice and pleasant and appealing. And we just let them have what they got up there. We don't care about that. Maybe they'll tone it down so we won't have to hear so much of it. I'm kind of a, making my, my conversation going on here, interpreting some of it. You know, I'm not saying that I heard that, that said exactly like that. That was the message I got from it. As they said, yeah, we've been up there. We got up there and we turned around and came back. I said, well, how do you get there? I think I'm curious enough. I want to check this out. So the gentleman kindly gave me instruction on how to get out. He said, you go right over here. There's an entrance. You, get, you, you just walk right up, climb right up. That steps got right up to the top. And you up at the top of that incline. There it is. You can sit right in front of you. I thanked him, and I said, well, thank you. And I, I may come back to visit you again. Oh, you'd be very welcome. Come on in and, and come and stay for a while. You know, it's, like, it's almost like good old southern hospitality. Well, for some of you, good old northern hospitality, that's all right. It's not the same thing. <laughs> so I, so I, I decided, well, I'm going to go up and see what this, what this noise, this sound is all about. I started walking up the hill, and it was, it was kind of a climb. I would say you know, it wasn't just the easiest thing to get up there. It was, it was, it was a little distance. Not that it was so steep, it was just about quite a bit of a climb to get up there. That's why I couldn't really tell anything from down on the lower level. I had to get closer to it to find out what was really going on. There was just enough going on there to attract me to it, make me curious, make me want to find out about it. So I climbed up those steps, and when I got up there, I was ready to walk up and knock on the door, see if they had a bell to ring or something, see if I would get invited in. And as I started to walk up to the door, someone from my right side stepped out in front of me. I guess he'd been there the whole time, but I didn't see him until he stepped out in front of me. And he said, hello, welcome. It's very nice to see you. And I said, well, thank you. I've come up here to see what all this beautiful music is all about. Now, this man was dressed impeccably. He had on a, 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 a expensive suit. See, not a little cheap thing like I'm wearing today. You know, he said he had an expensive suit on. It's probably, 
I mean, it might have been as high as the level of Hickey Freeman or some for you men who may know that, you know. I mean, so I, and I looked at his tie, and his tie was very, very nice. The collar was perfect. And his shoes shined, just gleaming with attention. And, and he was a handsome man. I'll let you make your comparisons on whoever you want to say. <laughs> he, was, he was a good-looking man. I don't usually notice good-looking men, to be perfectly honest with you about it. I, I'm very careful not to say too much about good-looking men. I mean, you can understand why. But, but, <laughs> but, but this gentleman was really nice-looking guy. He was model quality. You see in the magazines, you know, modeling the suit to make you want to buy one if you're a man. And he was, he was model quality. He was very well-spoken. And he said to me, well, you're welcome up here, but he said, I don't think you'd want to go in there. I'm just speaking to you as a friend. He said, I said, well, are you the guard here? I heard about a guard. Said, oh, no, 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 there's no guard here. I'm not a guard. We don't have a guard here. No. I'm just here to make your journey more pleasant. <laughs> I'm here to help you, actually, do whatever I can do to welcome you and, and let you know that uh, we, we're glad to have you here. I said, well, I'm going to go look in. No, 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 don't look in. Every time I say something about going up there, getting closer, he's interrupting. I said, well, you're here to help me, but I want to go in. He said, well, I'm helping you by letting you know this is not a good thing for you to do. You don't want to get in there and get a part of that. Just how rowdy it is and just the kind of people in there. You don't want to be a part of, part of that. You don't look like the kind of person you want to be in that kind of crowd of people. I said, well, I tell you, I'm a curious person, and I've got so many actual questions about it. I really would like to at least look in and see what I can see through the window. I'd really like to kind of open the door a little bit and listen to hear it a little bit better. No, he said. No, you don't want to go in there. Now he begins to be, he's getting more authoritative, and he is speaking to me very strongly, very insistently, no longer pleasantly like I'm so glad you came, where honey's flowing from his lips. Now he's speaking with authority, saying you don't want he wants to keep me out of that place. He wants to keep me from going in there. And I I pick up on that very quickly when he starts changing his tone and saying, No, you cannot go in there. No. This is as far as you can go. I've saved a lot of people from going in there. I'm going to save you from it. I've helped other people. I'm going to help you. You cannot go in there. Now, he never offered to reach out and touch me. He never made any attempt to lay his hands on me in any way. He just stood there in front of me, blocking my way. I would start to go around him on one side. He'd move a little bit and get in front of me again. Change, get around. He'd move and get in front of me again. But he never put his hands out to stop me or push me back. And so I'm saying now, look, look, sir, I understand your position. I want you to understand mine. I'm the kind of person when he makes up his mind, I'm going to do something. Now, I've made up my mind, I'm going to check this place out. I haven't decided I'm going to stay because I don't know anything about it, but I'm going to find out about it. I want you to understand that. Thank you for your help, but I'm going inside, whether I stay long or don't stay. I'm just going to find out what's going on because I want to know from what I hear. And what I see in this beautiful edifice. And then all of a sudden, he wasn't that handsome, well-dressed 
man who looked like he just came out of the barbershop and the manicure shop in the men's store with his suit. He wasn't that person long. All of a sudden, it was like he was a monster with a grotesque face, like an ogre, his mouth opening, seething with fire and fury. And all of his appearance had changed. Everything about him was ugly and grotesque and frightening if you look at it in that way. If you see it just as a single standalone thing, just to see that image could be a frightening image. But he said, now I am still speaking. Stop, you're not going in. Now, I don't know what happened. My vision stopped there. I wish I could tell you I slugged him and knocked him down and flung open the door and walked in. But I didn't. I didn't do that. And I think there's a reason that God stopped me. I've wondered several times, even as I've told this and as I've reflected on it many times, personally and privately, I, I just said, Lord, why didn't you let me go in there and give me a great victory and let me know I'm a powerful man of God? <laughs> and I came to the conclusion it's because it's a choice. When you come to the place, that man who became who was and then revealed himself as the devil, the opponent of our lives, the accuser of the brethren, the liar and the mother of all liars, that one who became the devil and stood there, I had to face that and make my decision. Am I going to go around him and past him and go on into the victory of the Lord? Because by now I knew that that on the inside of that palace was the place of victory. By now when he appeared and made the contrast, I knew that that was the place of joy and power and glory and praise and the wonders of God. And I'm standing there on the outside and the devil standing between me and that. And I realized as I thought about it so much afterwards, and I've thought about it even recently again, I realized the message of that is you've got to decide for yourself where you're going to live your life as a Christian. You've got to decide whether you're going to turn around like so many have and go back down the ladder, go back down to the bottom and get over there and find you one of those tents to live in. Because there are a lot of places where people would just prefer to settle in the tent instead of going up and fighting the battle. It's always better if you can get by without fighting the battle. But I don't know how to wait anyway. I don't know no way of getting into the victory of God and into the glory of God's power in your life without fighting the battle with the devil. And not only fighting it, you've got to win it. But you can win it. You will always win it if you trust in Jesus because Jesus is greater than he is. And Jesus is in you. And greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. The victory is yours if you want the victory. Now, if you want to live in one of those pleasant tents, and a lot of people do, they may still be Christians. I'm certainly not judging their salvation. I'm sure if somebody had gone through there and taken a toll, uh, some kind of a poll in all of those tents, I'm sure that most of those people would have been members of great churches. There have been people who said, yeah, no, if you ask them, are you a Christian? Oh, yes, I am a Christian. Thank you for asking me. Oh, yes, oh, uh, yes, yes, I love the Lord too, just like you do. I'm sure that would have been it. But the difference is this, and the difference is for you and me to decide. 
But God's not going to decide this for us. God's decision is to put it there in front of us. We know what the Word says. We know what the victory is. We know how to live for God. We know how to be overcomers. We know. Jesus said, greater is he than said you. Yes. And he said, we are more than conquerors. Listen, more than conquerors. How? Through him who loved us. We listen to what Jesus says to us instead of what that ogre standing there to keep us away from the blessings that God says. We'll always move by him and move into the realm of victory where we can rejoice in the power of God and the glory of God. It's our choice. If you want to live in the tents, you can. You can do a lot of things down there in the tents that you won't be allowed to do up in the palace. You know that, I think. A lot of things are acceptable down in Tent City. You can get by with a lot of things. You can be slack. You don't have to read your Bible all that much. You don't have to give anything to God. You don't have to pray much. You can listen to people up there praying for you. You stay down there in the tents and live that comfortable life. And the people there, I would say, if I had to find one word to describe all the people that I encountered and what I saw, I believe the message came through to me about all those tents spread out there, the people who lived there were content. They were content. Now, I will understand if you tell me contentment is a good thing. I know it is. If you're content once you've reached the place that God wants you to be, you want to stay there and you're going to be there and you're determined to live on that level. But I will tell you right now, friends, contentment on the lowest level is not real contentment at all. It's always a challenge to do more. Always a challenge to ascend to that hill and get to the place where the greatest victories of God are. And God's greatest victories are always at the top of the climb. When you go up those steps, his victories are always there. At the top, not at the bottom. When you make a move toward God, he makes a move towards you. Always. If you take one step toward God, he's going to take two steps towards you. The Bible says, draw near to me, and I will draw near to you, as the word of God. And it's still true today. It doesn't change we have choice. We have a choice. We make the choice. Where are you going to live? That was the choice that I felt like I had. When I faced that vision and, that, and the time that's passed, all the times passing and all the many times I've thought about it, I thought about it as a challenge to me. It was up to me. And I believe, not in the vision, but in the reality of my life, I believe what I did was when I saw that, I decided I'm going to move into the palace. I'm going to live in the victory. I'm going to live where the power of God is real. I'm going to live where the glory of God is flowing. I'm going to live where the blessings of God are available every day to those people who want to serve Him. I'm going to live there, and I don't want to live in Tent City. You don't want to either, because there's a greater victory for you as you come closer to God, and you come in there with the rejoicing saints of God. That's what they were doing in that palace. They were rejoicing. They were saints of God who got past the tents. They were the saints of God who had already climbed to the top of the steps. And they had already gone past the ogre who was trying to keep them out. And they walked into that glorious place of rejoicing. And you've been living there ever since. Or you went back to Tent City and today you can get up and start on that journey again. You can go up those stairs. You can get to the top. You can go inside. And when you get inside, 
that's where the victory is. And it's there now, hallelujah. It's there now. It's there now. It's there today. Hallelujah for every one of us. I want you to stand with me, please. We sang a song a long time ago, years and years ago. We sang it, I think the actual title of it was Higher 